Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's And a very good morning to you. It is JP right through until one with Cork today. Patricia still feeling under the weather with that chest infection that has come back to her. So we're with you, uh, myself and Bernie, until one o'clock today. And if you have something to raise on the show, you can call Bernie with your comments, 1850 Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. You can always tweet across the show at C103Cork. And ahead in the programme as Cabinet Ministers are discussing proposals this morning for the emergency energy pay to all households, we're going to be speaking with Social Justice Ireland who feel that this proposal is highlighting the pay gap when it comes to social welfare payments and also how the wealthy will receive this when those who are not so well off need this more than the wealthy. We'll speak with them very shortly on the programme. Also good news that the Leap Card rates will be introduced in Mallow next year but Charnival remains without the Leap Card option. We're going to discuss that with a local councillor in the Charnival area Ian Doyle uh, and many people would say that it's a station Charnival that is that would benefit from the Leap Card because of where it's located uh, people commuting to Cork and also people commuting to Limerick and then the junction whereby you have to change Uh, to go into Limerick City so we'll chat later with Ian on that and if you are driving on our roads a lot over the last number of months have you noticed that drivers have become more angry on our roadways Uh, road rage is something that is on the increase it seems along all roads right across Ireland and in a recent uh, research done by AA Ireland they have found that 7 in 10 drivers have indeed been a victim of road rage so have you noticed that have you noticed people becoming more impatient on our roadways uh, people in a hurry in a rush your views are welcome if you have noticed angry drivers is it because of what's going on within the last uh, few years uh, is that driving people just to become more angry or what is the reason anyhow it was probably always there more than likely it was but have you noticed it increase uh, we'll discuss that after 11 o'clock this morning your views are welcome on that and also 
how you could win a house in Killarney. As the North Cork School continues to fundraise, we'll speak with the National School from Boherbui on that. Your chance to go along and see Riverdance live at the Marquee next June. How you can win that, we'll give you details shortly. And our regular councillor, Joe Heffernan, will join us after 12.30. And he'll be discussing separation at Christmas. And this is families who, where things have not worked out for one reason or the other. But how can they plan now, uh, while they'll be separate for Christmas, how can they plan to do that? And uh, I suppose when you have a situation where young children are involved, to make the most of it for everybody at Christmas and to leave the the bickering from the adults outside uh, for the big day and indeed for the period of Christmas. We'll be discussing, uh, which can be very difficult for a lot of families, separation, separation in particular at Christmas with Joe after 12.30. So your views are welcome across the morning, 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. But people who were just three months fully vaccinated will now be eligible for a booster shot. The gap was reduced from five to three months following advice from Nyack and John Sheehan is a GP in Blackpool he joins me and John this morning some of our listeners have concerns as for the last few weeks pharmacists and the HSC have said you can only get the booster jab five months after your last vaccination and pharmacists has been uh, telling us that it's in the legislation so now that it's gone to three months are listeners right to be concerned? No I, I think there's a good rationale for this and, and you're absolutely correct um, up until now, we, this was the guidance that we couldn't do it uh, unless someone was five months after their their, their last dose. Now they've reduced it down for to, down to three months, and they've done this for a few reasons. Many other countries, UK, many other countries in Europe have done this, and the reason really for it is the Omicron variant. Up to now, they were giving the booster because they want to improve people's long-term immunity with what's called their T cells. But what also the booster does is it increases the amount of antibodies that's produced in a short term. So that protects us against the Omicron variant. So because the Omicron variant seems to be becoming much more prevalent at, at a very fast rate, um, the bring down the booster um, down from five months to three months means that you're getting the two uh, sort of beneficial effects. You're getting the long-term protection, but you're also getting a shorter term protection against the Omicron variant. So that's the logic of, of, of bringing it back and getting the boosters um, out there. It should still work. It should still work just as well. But you're also getting the sort of the more short term effect um, because of the Omicron variant. And that's the logic behind it. It shouldn't be any worse. There's no evidence to show that it makes people any sicker. There's good evidence to show that it works long term. Um, but things have changed like during this COVID period, they have changed every few months. And that's why that that's why that three month change came in. And from a listener point of view, the big concern is the fact that the HSC for the last number of months were saying you must be five months plus to get the booster. Now it's three months. It's a safety concern for a lot of people are, are feeling. Is it OK? I mean, would it lead uh, to any effects afterwards of being so close to the last vaccination, their second vaccination? No, it really shouldn't. It shouldn't really increase the um, any any increased side effects. Really, the logic of it of, of the five months was we wanted to get the maximum immune response from people so that you're getting the maximum benefit. However, there's good evidence to show now that three months you you still get a very very good benefit and you get protection from the Omicron, and that's the logic of it. So it shouldn't increase the side effects. It, it should still work just as well. 
but we'll have the additional protection from the Omicron. And there's, there's lots of logistical reasons as well um, in terms of trying to get it rolled out. But that's the logic from a sort of a, a medical point of view as to why they're going from five months to three months. It's because the Omicron, they want to start to protect against that. And if you look at the number of people that were vaccinated sort of about five months ago, we were vaccinating huge numbers. And now it's great that they are going to be eligible for the vaccination coming up to Christmas. And John, we know at this stage that in the UK, the Omicron variant is becoming the dominant strain. They expect that in London from tomorrow. And the first death was recorded from Omicron in the UK yesterday. So it's something that is going to happen that Omicron will more than likely become the dominant strain here in Ireland after a number of weeks. More pressure on our hospital network then, which already, according to waiting times yesterday, is under pressure as it is. Unfortunately, that, that's probably likely to be the case um, in the sense that people don't get any sicker with Omicron. There, it doesn't increase um, how, how, how bad it is when people get it, but it is more transmissible. So if it's more transmissible, um, it spreads easier and then people can get more, you know, more and more people can get it. So that's really the concern. And so for every thousand people get it, so many people will end up in hospital, so many people will end up in the ICU. So if you have a strain that is easier to spread, we need to protect ourselves as much as we can. And really, in terms of our behaviour, it's not going to change what we're going to do in terms of, you know, the hand washing, the distancing, the masks. You know, we'll continue to do that. And that will just perhaps make us a bit more aware of the importance of doing it. Okay, John Sheehan, uh, Doctor in Blackpool. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Your calls are welcome. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three, or you can text or WhatsApp zero eight six two one zero three one zero three. Cork today with you until one, and we are giving you the chance to go along and win tickets to see Riverdance. Thanks to Acom Promotions, Riverdance live at the Marquee next June the second, third, fourth, and fifth, and we have got tickets to get you there here at C one zero three across the show. Uh, we will shortly be asking you to text or WhatsApp but when you join us on air later in the programme you have to choose between a river themed question and a dance theme question when you get the question or whatever when you choose you get that right then you win yourself a pair of tickets to go along and see Riverdance live at the marquee next June with thanks to Aiken Promotions and ourselves here at C103 and a lot of people are reacting to what we're going to discuss later in the programme this is to do with road rage and it's a big uh, well a big problem I suppose you could say on the roads at one stage but it is causing annoyance to a lot of people who are on the roads daily uh, the situation of road rage or is in Mill Street he says just listening about the situation of anger on our roads I used to drive an Arctic some years ago on the M25 in the UK it's a bad place to be for road rage it's a bad place to be at the best of times but in my opinion it seems to be life over there as everyone wants to where they are as everyone wants to wherever they go before they leave home I presume everybody wants to get to wherever they are going as soon as they can uh, it's crazy over there but probably worse now says R in Mill Street while Jackie says yes 100% I have noticed this and if you actually flash a car to allow someone exit from a gateway or junction they are almost afraid to move with the shock of someone actually letting them out also speed is gone out of control on our road, says Jackie. 
And Patrick says, yes, there is a lot of road rage. It's basically gone so bad now, drivers are inconsiderate and it's outright dangerous driving. It's probably the cause of a lot of the accidents on our roads. Anyhow, says Patrick, while Mary feels that the driving at the moment on our roadways, it's just gone dreadful. People just seem to have gone mad and it is causing a problem on our roads. While Luke says he was driving on the Cork to Mallow Road late last Thursday night and he said cars were coming right up behind him with bright lights on. He couldn't see in front of him, in front of him. as a result. Uh, Luke says he had to slow down and then the car behind him got more frustrated and got closer to him. And the only reason Luke said he slowed down is because he could not see with the blaring lights behind no matter what he did uh, with his mirrors or anything. In the end, when they came to the fast lane, the guy passed him out. Uh, but he said, yes, it's something he encounters a lot on the road. And Luke says, I wasn't doing 60 or 50k. I was doing 100k. The speed limit on that road uh, but the driver behind me wanted to do more and Luke goes on to say it's amazing the speed cameras I never there to catch the guys uh, that are always driving like that but if I go a small bit over I'll be caught anyhow Luke thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103 on Road Rage uh, the AA have uh, come out this week and following their own research they have uh, found that there is more anger on our roads and a survey to drivers so like those on a text WhatsApp on indeed on our C103 Facebook are you noticing that on Cork Roadways, let us know. You can call Bernie 1850 or text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And somebody else on text asking, uh, Hi, John Paul, can you tell me with Christmas falling on Saturday and St. Stephen's Day on a Sunday? Will Monday be a no work day as in a bank holiday? Yes, Monday and Tuesday uh, will be a bank holiday because the, the two big days are falling at the weekend. So Monday and Tuesday will be a bank holiday. So people, depending on their job, will be off. But a lot of people will, will be off anyway, maybe for the week of Christmas. But others, if you're working retailer or wherever you're working, uh, you will have to go in one of those days. You won't be off, but you'll have an option anyway uh, for both those days will be unofficially and a bank holiday for Christmas. And that's because, as you say, Saturday and St. Stephen's Day fall at the weekend. Thank you for your text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862103103. And as the Cabinet this morning, as we talk, are discussing proposals for the emergency energy payments to all households, we'll discuss that next with their view with Social Justice Ireland. As Cabinet Ministers are meeting around now to discuss the proposals for the emergency energy payments to all households, it's expected that the Minister Eamon Ryan, when he brings this idea to Cabinet, that it could see this €100 Euro payment given to all households as early as March or April of next year. Uh, the plan is that it will go to the energy companies and then the credit will be sent to customers. We'll discuss this though with Michelle Murphy now, who is the Research and Policy Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Good morning to you, Michelle. Good morning, John Paul. I mean, everybody is welcoming the fact that this has been done, that €100 Euros is being given off our energy bills as they uh, do increase and they have continued to increase a lot over the last year. But do you feel that this then is evidence that the state has not done enough when it comes to social welfare payments over the last while and indeed for those who are working and on low incomes that they now are offering this because they know the real impact it's having on families? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a, the 100 euros, it's a one-off payment. And I suppose it is an acknowledgement that prices are rising and that the measures contained in the budget aren't enough. But what concerns us is that these figures, the 5.3% increase, that relates to 2021, a year where there were no increases in core social welfare rates. 
for example, and yet people on social welfare, fixed incomes, and people on low incomes, so in low-pay jobs, they were facing into their 14th month now, this month, of increased prices. And yet, and so what they have had, people on the fixed income have had to do is, if you're facing increased utility bills, for example, well, you're simply going to have to cut back elsewhere. And now we had asked for a 10 euro increase in core social welfare rates in the budget and a commitment to benchmark them to 27.5% of average earnings. There was a 5 euro increase in increase in the fuel allowance, but, you know, a, a large portion of people aren't entitled to the fuel allowance. And just last week, the Parliamentary Budget Office released a study looking at uh, social welfare rates and payments over a 10-year period. And what you see is actually the real value of a core social welfare rate today, you know, taking account of the inflation wage rises, etc., is actually just under €193. Euros. That's what the real value is for a person on that payment. So, I mean, the view of Social Justice Ireland is, you know, that you need to look at more than just a one-off payment and you need to particularly look at those people on fixed incomes and those people, for example, in low pay and how you're going to support those households because you're going to get utility bills throughout the year. You don't just get one utility bill. And that's our concern, really, is that obviously government is acknowledging that the measures contained in the budget aren't enough, yet at the same time, there doesn't seem to be an acknowledgement of how you support these households into the, you know, in the longer term, in terms of, uh, you know, absorbing increased costs and the increased cost of living. And you mentioned there the feud allowance and a lot of people are picking you up on that saying they have applied for the feud allowance and they keep getting letters back because it is means tested saying they need to provide this, that and the other thing and more accounts and it's just going on and on and then they don't backdate it so they lose out and they feel that all this back and forth they lose out on a year when they really feel that they need it because a lot of these people are uh, gone beyond pension age and they still can't get access to feud allowance but the other side of that then is this payment of 100 euros will be going to everybody so the wealthy those who can afford the big bills, they will still receive this. And, you know, there's not a way of doing it, I suppose, if you're going to go down the means testing route, it's going to push it out to later in the year and it's going to add more pressure on the department. So you can see why they're doing it the way they are. But it does annoy people that the wealthy will get this while those applying for the fuel allowance can't get what many say they're entitled to. Yeah, and I mean, that's the challenge. And I suppose that's the challenge because it's it's a, an immediate response to increased prices where rather than more um, a more strategic policy approach. So as you say, a lot of people, you know, there's a long wait for the means test for the fuel allowance in terms of the response. And as you say, it's not backdated. A lot of people are stuck in that system. A lot of people are, you say, is pension age. And, you know, it's challenging for them. And actually one of the key areas of deprivation for older people is actually being una- unable to eat their home properly or keep their home sufficiently warm or going without heating at certain stages during the year. So you can see how important that is to that cohort. And, you know, you could argue that potentially there's a better way for this money to be spent because I'd be interested in, you know, finding out from government where is the money coming from? Is it from, for example, a rainy day fund or is this additional money that they found post-budget or, you know, where where exactly is this 100 euro for every single... uh, household going to come from you know you know what budget is it coming from but i do think yes it's a one-off payment but i think this is probably the first challenge that this government really faces in terms of that transition we have to make to a greener economy because you know improving energy efficiency is one of the the better ways to do that but how do you support people on low incomes to do that because not only are they in facing an increased carbon tax, but also the increased cost of utilities. A lot of the people in rented accommodation, for example, you know, they're reliant on a landlord to improve their energy efficiency. 
uh, and whether or not a landlord wants to do that. And a lot of the grants in terms of retrofitting, people who can afford the upfront cost of retrofitting their home apply for those grants. But, you know, a lot of people cannot afford that upfront cost of retrofitting their home and then getting the grant back from the state. So, I mean, it's one of those things that government certainly needs to look at. And last or actually, sorry, last year, because we're nearly at the end of this year, but in March this year, John Paul, the OECD looked at the Environmental Review of Ireland. And one of their their sort of recommendations was, was to look at the fuel allowance, was to extend it into a full year payment, to rebrand it so it's not just associated with fuel, and to look at expanding it, because what the OECD say was in, you know, in order to support low-income households in this transition, you need to find a means of supporting them and supporting their incomes. And they had identified a rebranding of the fuel allowance and also extending it for the full year as a mean one means of doing this. And I certainly think that's something government should look at in 2022, because, you know, these prices, increased prices aren't just going to disappear overnight. And people on, you know, on low pay or people on fixed income, so on a pension or a social welfare payment, they've already had a very challenging year in terms of absorbing increased costs. And they're certainly facing into a, a challenging winter and a challenging beginning to 2022. Yeah, many feel this 100 euros will be absorbed, that when they get that, it will just disappear mm-hmm. due to those increases you mentioned, like the carbon tax. So with the rent, the mortgages and energy bills, all a big worry for people at the moment. And MABS, I know, are out recently in the last few days as well. Uh, they're saying that more families will end up in debt in 2022 as a result of everything going up. I mean, looking into next year, uh, you, you mentioned the rebranding there, the fuel allowance. Does more need to be done if they are able to pick up money like this after a budget? Do they need to look at this extra money, whatever it's lying around, uh, to implement it within the budget to sort these day-to-day issues that people are having? Yes, I mean, we should be looking at, I mean, increased price, you know, this isn't a surprise. We've seen the CSO doing their monthly CPI, so you can see the you know the price increases. So I think looking into next year, government should be looking at okay. So what can we implement in the budget that will support um, low income households? What do we need to do? Is it, for example, extending the fuel allowance for a year and rebranding it, and you know opening it up to different cohorts? What other measures? can we introduce to support those households? How do we support households in arrears? Um, and, you know, MAPS have been out on this, and Ireland has, compared to the EU average, we've we've a higher rate of arrears in terms of rent, mortgages, and utilities in particular. How do you support those households? Because the €100 Euros, uh, payment isn't going to make any difference to that household. They're already in arrears on, the, on their utility bills. So I think it's about engaging with, you know, the organisations that support those people and looking at what you can really do to support people on low incomes. Because as we transition, John Paul, as and particularly as jobs are impacted in sectors, you know, uh, we all know the, the case of the Midlands, for example, on board Nimona, but there's other jobs and other sectors are going to be impacted between now and 2030 as, you know, if we are going to meet our, our climate targets. And we have to look at, you know, how do we preempt the problems instead of dealing with the aftermath of the problems. So how do we support people in those jobs, for example, to move to other jobs? How, you know, do we look at the income needs of those households and how do you do that in advance of a budget in a timely manner so that you're not in December announcing an additional measure to support households to deal with the increased cost of living and there's still confusion as to when it's going to happen. Is it going to be paid to companies or to individuals? And as, you know, as as you've said, and I've said, it's a one-off payment. So, 
yes, it's a one-off payment and it's welcome to those who will be able to to use it. But, you know, people will face bills throughout the year and, you know, they won't have additional supports apart from what was announced in the budget, which government clearly realise is not enough in terms of the increased cost of living. True, and we'll have to wait and see if they do look at it a different way for next year. For the moment, Michelle, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. Thanks very much. That's Michelle Murphy there, who's research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. I mean, you would agree with a lot of the views she makes there uh, in relation to the feud allowance. A lot of people have been on saying they've applied for the feud allowance. This is from Tim, who is in Carrick Tool. He has applied for the feud allowance three times in the last three months. He keeps getting letters back to say they need more information. He has now sent off more bank accounts to them. Uh, Tim says, I am far from rich. I don't have a lot. I'm on now the state pension, but still uh, I am back and forth on this feudal allowance journey. I don't think I'll get it for this year and hopefully they will have it sorted by next year. But surely there's a more simplified system. Uh, I understand they have to be careful on who applies, but then when you see the 100 euro coming out for all, you have to question that, says Tim in Carrick Tool on text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And if you're driving in around the city centre this morning. Traffic is extremely busy at the moment in various parts of the city. Uh, well it's the time of the year isn't it people are out uh, doing their extra bits and pieces on the run up to Christmas so if you are driving uh, in and around the city centre extra traffic on the roads and Derek has been on to say uh, hi JP just to warn people about city traffic uh, a journey that usually takes me uh, roughly around 20 minutes to go to work this morning has taken me 45 minutes so uh, while you talk about road rage there is extra traffic on our roads this morning I wonder will that lead to road rage well hopefully not Derek safe journey to work on text or whatsapp Oh, it's Two one zero three one zero three, or call Bernie on 1850-333-103. And we mentioned there about people going to work. Well, the Leap Card, good news in the Mallow area for those that commute. Uh, the Leap Card, even though the facilities are in place there, the rates for cheaper travel were not in place. They will be uh, by mid-2022. But Charnival still remains without that option. And you would wonder why, where it's situated. Anyhow, we'll discuss that and hear more from Charnival next. And your views are welcome. We spoke about the Leap Card facilities and rates for commuters from Cork to Mallow recently and it's welcome news that a timeline for the introduction of cheaper fares will include Mallow from mid-2022. However, the town of Charnival still remains outside the Leap Card offering and local Charnival councillor Ian Dahl joins me on this. Good morning to you, Ian. Uh, morning, John Claude. How are you? I mean, it's good news for Mallow, Ian, after all these years, but do you feel Charnival has been excluded? I know it's fantastic news from Mallow and there's no question about it and it's a great service and I suppose where it came from was they rang me on on Friday to, to, to comment on it, you know, mm. and I said, well, look, it's fantastic news from Mallow but I'm, I'm actually from Charville and Charville Station, I suppose, has yet to be brought into the lead card system and also, I suppose, into the shuttle system to Cork, you know, um, it, and now is the time, I suppose, to be putting in our spake. We're looking at a decision being made on the M20 and certainly, rail travel is very much, and active travel is very much part and parcel of that 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 decision making. Charles has a, an ideal station, just a small bit outside the town, but plenty of car parking facilities, and certainly a shuttle, a regular early morning shuttle service to Cork would be a, a huge advantage to students and to people that are going and working in Cork. You and know, there's yeah. nothing in the, the station in Charleville at the moment. I know in Mallow for a few years, the facilities were there for t- the Leap card and you could use it, but you weren't getting the rates. Is there any facilities yeah. at all in Charleville? No, there isn't. No, nothing. there isn't, John Paul. No, you just pre-book. But it's only just as you were saying, like yesterday morning I went to County Hall and I went up with my daughter to, to work early yesterday morning. And I mean, I know it's this time of the year, but the traffic in Cork City at the moment is is 
crazy because it's so busy and that's good. But it would certainly take a, a bulk of that traffic off our roads if we had a, a good early morning shuttle service with a leap card to Cork City. It would do, I mean, student accommodation is a huge problem as well and certainly it would facilitate our students going to UCC and CIT and all those places as well, as well as shoppers and as well as people going to work from Cork. So, you know, I said now is the time to put in our speak. It's great news for Mallow, fantastic. Uh, and, and the service from Mallow to Cork now is is enhanced because of the leap card and certainly um, it, it'll be good for traffic and, and volumes of traffic on the road, no question about it. And with the current measures from the government and especially the Green Party, they're encouraging yeah. everybody to use public transport rather than going on the roads and it's good for the environment and we saw new launches yesterday of new fleets for uh, tra- public transport yeah. in the Dublin area. Uh, so with everybody being encouraged to use public transport, yet we don't have these basic facilities in a lot of the uh, train stations such as Charnival and then you have a situation where you're located there. I mean, it's ideally the people going to Cork, but also to Limerick. And I know you must change a Limerick junction, but that gives more credence to having something like this space within Charnival because I, I presume people would travel more by train, would they? You mentioned students there, you mentioned workers. Uh, is there a big commuter facility or a big commuter, uh, I suppose, is it becoming a commuter town, do you think Charnival is, uh, for both Cork and Limerick? It is, and the possibility even further with new county development plan now and land zoned for housing, it, it can become a commuter belt. I mean, we have all the services. We have. I keep saying in Charleville, we have. We're still one of the main towns that have our two pillar banks, two credit unions, and our post office still open. And we have every shopping multiple and and locals uh, in within our main street. So it is a, it is a huge town with a lot to offer, and certainly people working and living in Cork or Dublin. I mean, there is a fantastic train service at the moment now to Dublin you can be Dublin in two hours so certainly Charleville is an attractive place to live and certainly anything we can do to make it easier and cheaper would be a huge advantage and, and as I say again John Paul um, the whole decision making of the M20 is is predicated on rail travel as well so that's now is the time to be talking about it I think yeah Yeah but again not much incentive if while they are talking about rail and travel there's, there's not much incentive for people to use it then if they don't no. put these measures everywhere no, that's true. That's true, yeah. yeah that's true. That's no the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned there the M20 uh, when you were talking about the, the railway line. Uh, what is the latest on the M20 decision? We know it's supposed to be made quite soon. I think early 2022 is what well, we were hearing anyhow. And this was regards to the, the route, was it? Well, the decision has been made now towards the end of quarter one in, in 22. Mm. But um, certainly I think that they had to go back and have a look at the rail travel and active travel and how they could integrate both, you know, and, and see, I mean, they have to take all options. One was to, to, for the, the motorway itself, but other way, the other side of it was they had to look at integrating the rail travel. And again, travel is ideally place. We have a train station to Dublin and Cork just within a walking distance of our town. So you certainly, the, um, I suppose, the route will, will be predicated and the decision will be on, on, on the availability of, the, of that train station. Yeah, no question about it. And when the decision is made then, are you confident that it is going to be? Because you're, you're one of the councillors that hopes that it will go the, the route that they initially said of going from uh, bypassing Mallow, Butchevent and Charnival. Uh, others yeah. are looking towards the care route and they say it will cost yeah, less okay. if it joins up um, yeah. there and cuts over from the M24, the N24. So, yeah. I mean, is it looking more that it will go the original plan? Oh, I, I think it's, regardless of the route selection, uh, John Paul, it's, it's vital that we do the original route and that it comes and that it services Cork Southwest here and 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 Monster Southwest, you know, I think the Cork Limerick, regardless of the, the route selection, it has got to be the option and, and there's no question about that, yeah. No question. And I think that's the that's the way it's going to go, yeah. And what about those then that are against it? A, a lot of communities on the Cork to Mallow side of things well, are not happy. Well, 
Well, I'm, I, I must admit my decision and my personal opinion, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with, with, with upgrading the N20, as we, as we have, to a motorway status and bypassing our three towns, which, we, which we've already mentioned. And I think, that, I mean, that's my personal choice, no question about it, you know, and, and, and that, would, that would placate all the, the objections. And we'll know anyhow, you reckon, the first we'll know, three months it's, of, it's of next year. It's towards the end of quarter one, yeah. So yeah. we'll have the preferred route and everything at that stage. We'll have the preferred route at that stage. And when that decision is made, is, is that it then? Is, I mean, there's going well, to be an appeal process. Yeah, that, that's it then. It'll probably go for public consultation. There'll be various plannings and, and various um, surveys and things like that. But once the route selection is made, then that's it, yeah. yeah. They won't be going back and looking at other routes after that. No, that's it. Yeah. OK, well, we'll wait and see what happens uh, with that, Ian, and also uh, if uh, Charnava will be included for the LEAP rates and the LEAP facilities yes. for the moment. Thanks for joining happy us this morning. John Paul, happy Christmas. You're and many happy much. returns. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Ian. Uh, that is a local councillor in the Charnival area, Ian Doyle. On, well, first of all, we spoke about how and why LEAP cards should be introduced for the Charnival area, now quickly becoming a commuter town, not only for uh, Cork City, but also for Limerick and the M20, the famous M20 motorway between Cork and Limerick, a decision uh, due in in the first part of uh, I would reckon when he says the later of quarter one that would be in around March uh, they will have a route selection in March and then we will wait and see what happens after that your views are welcome 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 we're giving you a chance to go to Live the Marquee next year to see Riverdance more on that later in the show with thanks to Aiken Promotions but interesting survey out this morning and this is from the ESRI they do this uh, every so often it's the survey and the report is contained within the Growing Up in Ireland report. Uh, but it's showing that the majority of 20-year-olds in Ireland still live with their parents, but they prefer it that way. And researchers from the SRI, they tracked more than 5,000 young people from the age of nine who turned 20 in 2018 and 2019. And the in-depth analysis, it shows how they perceive their lives, their well-being in such areas as work, health, home, life and relationships and also within education and leisure time and fewer than half of them 44% of 20 year olds questioned they said that they prefer to live independently but the majority of those 20 year olds said they prefer to live in the family home now uh, there's a number of factors for that some would say it's cheaper because of the cost of rent nowadays as well but there's obviously more than that involved when they question different parts of their lives also it was interesting to look at this report and see that a quarter of the respondents reported that uh, they feel they're above the average stress scores uh, 29% of females and 21% of males citing mostly financial stress is the biggest cause to them uh, however almost a third of female respondents and 22% of males scored highly on the measures of depression and depression symptoms and the report co-author Dr Desmond O'Mahony described that as a worrying trend for the mental health of Ireland's young adults. A very interesting report and this does come out uh, usually once or not twice a year uh, different aspects of this report on the growing up in Ireland but this one looking at 20 year olds and the way they live and the pressures. I think there's a lot more pressure now on young people today and I suppose every generation has their own pressures and there's different type of pressures out there but uh, there's so much different pressures on uh, young people today from social media and then the finance side of things and that's probably the biggest one how expensive things are these days trying to rent I mean it says here that they prefer to stay at home I mean how many people could afford to rent a room and a house if you are from a rural area and many people listening will have experienced this I'm sure many parents or grandparents listening as well uh, will know of uh, their children grandchildren 
children or you yourself who are from a, a rural area, you want to live in a city area either experience city life or just live in an area because it's close to work and the cost of a room for house sharing. I mean, you could be sharing with four people, but the room you are in could cost you 400, 450, 500 euros a month. And for many, uh, that was they will say that's a mortgage in some regards. But uh, yeah, that's the way it is in Cork. I mean, we looked at Dublin years ago, looking at those prices, and now we have those in Cork, if not higher for a room. So that's one of the biggest factors for those in their 20s, the financial uh, cost of things then there is a lot of pressure on that side of uh, of the coin when it comes to finance power in the pun. And the Late Late Show and the Toy Show and this is something that I spotted this morning in the Irish Daily Mail uh, and it's how we all know the Late Late Toy Show is on the end of November. Well, it seems now that some parents are calling uh, for the annual show to be aired earlier in September and this is to give parents time to buy in in demand presents. More than 800 parents, they were surveyed in the Parents and Brands Group and they wanted to see the toy show screens in roughly around the end of September. That would give them more time to go out and purchase certain toys. But then at the same time, when it comes to toys, they said that they they still would like to see some type of feel-good entertainment show at the end of November. So maybe have the toy show as it is in its current capacity and do a segment in late September. Would that be the way to go? Uh, I don't think the, the whole toy show would really work in September because it's so Christmassy, but maybe they should look at doing nothing just with toys in a segment and then do the current kind of toy show because it's changed a lot over the years uh, as modern times change. It's not certainly all about toys as it once was. It's a mixture of everything now, uh, but still a feel-good show. Uh, that's uh, making the Irish Daily Mail this morning. And then all English writing in the Irish Examiner, and this is something that we have spoken about on the show for... Well, I think over the last three, four years or more at this stage, it's the famous event centre and it's still going to go ahead and where it is currently planned to go ahead there on South Main Street. But almost six years since the sod turning ceremony took place, uh, the long stalled Cork Event Centre, it's seemingly going to finally begin. However, it will be autumn of next year before the design work is completed and there is still no indication of when the actual construction work will go ahead. Uh, and that's on the site there on near Beamish and Crawford on South Main Street. So while they say it's going to start, it's the design stage. You won't see any diggers on the grounds or anything happening physically uh, next year either. So if they're only going to start designing next autumn, you wonder how long more then uh, will the construction start. At Cork City Council, it does plan to publish a tender within days to advertise for consultants to complete a business case plan for the project in line of course with the public spending code required and the news of this came from the City Council meeting last night so we'll wait and see what happens with that but for the event centre I won't get too too excited anyhow uh, for next year if they're only at design stage it could be the year after before we see any physical work being done. Uh, your views are welcome 1850-333-103 Bernie taking your comments across the show or you can text or WhatsApp 86 On the way have you noticed more angry drivers on our roadways as we hear from people stuck in traffic this morning is there an increase of road rage on our roads are people more angry on the roadways we will speak to AA Roadwatch shortly on that Cork Today JP on till one and in for Patricia who is uh, still sick with that chest infection that has returned to her uh, so with you uh, today and we'll see how the week goes and Bernie taking your comments on 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 086 
103. You can always tweet us at C103 Cork and discussing shortly in a lot of calls in on this on angry drivers. Are drivers getting more angry on our roadways and is a road rage on the increase? We'll chat with AA Ireland very shortly on this but a lot of calls and comments in on various issues and first of all uh, Martina is in McCroom and she says I read recently that the office of the Taoiseach spends 450,000 euros in one year and this is spent on presents and entertainment for visitors airfares hotels while our hospitals are crying out for more and more funding and we hear about the lack of ICU beds and we hear about the waiting lists and we heard a lot about that yesterday on the news and those who are waiting and trolleys uh, and trolley numbers increasing unfortunately here in Cork hospitals but yet uh, Martina reading this and you're right Martina this was in a lot of the papers uh, across the weekend and on the Sunday papers and the money that is spent out of that 450,000 euros uh, for example 50 silver bookmarks I'm not too sure where they were going or what they were for but they cost 83 euro each 400 euros was spent for a string quartet to entertain the European Commission President on his visit and 9,700 euros was paid for food Uh, and this was just some of the bills run up last year by the Department of the Taoiseach also they spent more than 1,100 euros on flowers 265 euros for a shamrock crystal bowl and this of course was to present the former US President Donald Trump with and interestingly here 49 euros was spent on snack bars and then there's other uh, money and items for example on gifts as Martina mentions there in McCroom uh, the bookmarks will be included in that but also 2,000 euros for 200 crystal keychains with an engraving of the department's Marion Street headquarters keychains why would they want engraved keychains I'm reading that right haven't I 2,000 euro for 200 crystal keychains and it's not fobs these aren't fobs that you you know you access the building to get into these are just keychains so like a a keyring type of thing Uh, anyhow 2,000 euro spent for that there we are Uh, and that's your money by the way in case you're wondering uh, about the the money aspect of it that's our taxpayers money Uh, you and me paying for all of these items um, the keychain thing is, is fascinating uh, anyway there's more there and you could go on and go on and go on with this um, for example another item purchased uh, was 25 euros for a frame uh, of an enrolled constitution and they spent also uh, 265 presents spent uh, or 265 euros spent on a gift for Trump and, and there's a lot more in there anyhow a lot of that was in the Sunday papers across the, uh, Sunday Martina uh, though making a very good point there in McCroom when we hear about hospitals and other uh, sectors of our public service crying out for money and then you have this going on whereby there is money being spent on items like that I suppose if you go back to the Department of Finance and the Department of Taoiseach they will say it's ring fence that they have a budget each year and that budget is set aside for items like this that it would not affect uh, the budget given to the HSD or the Department of Health but then many will say well if they push that budget over to uh, the Department of Health and towards the HSE would we be in less of a crisis than we are 
are in now that we find ourselves in and how long are we all talking about and giving out about the lack of ICU beds in this country and a lot of these lockdowns that are happening right across the world a lot of that is to do with the lack of ICU beds and again you know what, what it is to keep everybody safe a lot of it is to do with the ICU beds not being in hospitals and then we have this amount of money being spent on those various items anyhow your views are welcome thank you Martina in McCroom 1850 333 103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and we mentioned there and discussing the 100 euro credit that at the moment it's been spoken about in meetings this morning within the cabinet and this is the money that's going to be given to the energy companies and the credit then will be put on our energy bills later next year they reckon in March but we spoke earlier to Michelle from Social Justice Ireland Michelle Murphy who was outlining the fact that if they're doing this now surely it shows that they've made a mistake in the budget and they should have increased certain welfare payments and also help those who are working but on low income who are finding it hard at the moment to pay mortgages to pay rent and the feud allowance we have a number of people who are applying for the feud allowance at the moment and they're back and forth with the various departments to get more information on well the department is looking for more information from them to access the feud allowance and they're still sending back and forth accounts and details and a lot of these people have not got the feud allowance for this year they feel they won't either and that it could be next year when they receive the allowance and at that stage they feel it's too late because you know a year has gone by so they are still uh, suffering and finding it tough to live and manage bills this winter anyhow Michael O'Sullivan is in Castletown Bear and he says good morning JP yes the 100 euro will be very welcome to households who badly need it but also there will be a greater number of households who don't need it and that's what we discussed also uh, with Social Justice Ireland and Michael says I would ask them for those who don't need it could they donate their 100 euros to the Irish Community Air Ambulance who are crying out for funding which is an extremely important service to everyone wealthy or not so wealthy says Michael in Castletown Bear on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and then a number of people on to us asking uh, various questions first of all Noreen is in Newmarket asking about water supply and while the ball water notice was lifted last week uh, for the Newmarket area uh, there's a burst water main uh, this morning that is affecting areas of in and in around Newmarket and uh, Irish Water have just come back with a reply to us that that uh, repairs to a burst water main may have Affect supply and it is obviously enough affecting supply if we're getting calls and the areas that are affected are Clonfert, Newmarket and the surrounding areas until 4 o'clock this afternoon so uh, water should be restored there after 4 o'clock and somebody else asking is uh, bingo in Bantier going ahead yes it is Bantier bingo going ahead tonight in the hall it starts at 8.30pm and we got a text earlier asking about Christmas and indeed about the fact that Christmas Day and St Stephen's Day is on the weekend Saturday and Sunday and people asking about the bank holiday well that will be on the following Monday and Tuesday so Monday and Tuesday are both the bank holiday and then somebody else is texting asking well if that's the case will Mass then be going ahead on St Stephen's Day because it's a Sunday well it will as normal um, check in with your local church I would say just in case they do change the times for the Christmas period uh, but that will be as normal for St Stephen's Day unless times change and just back to uh, the 100 euro credit again John is in Carrigaline 
And he says, John Paul, the government has the less well-off robbed, uh, feels John and Carrigaline. We are all getting this €100 Euro returns uh, credit from our electricity provider. It's a bit like the budget. They'll bang up the prices of everything and return with a €5 Euro pay increase for lesser well-off. It's all about keeping the rich richer. I'm listening to it for the past 50 years, says John. It's the same old tune. It's about getting money out of people without it looking like theft, says John in Carrigaline on text to 0862 103 103. You can call Bernie on 1850 333 103. And your views on driving. Are you driving? Are you in the car at the moment? Or are you just back from a journey? Or are you driving a lot over the last three months? Are you very frustrated on what you were coming across the roads? Are drivers more angry on the roadways? Your experiences of those roads and your journeys are welcome now. We'll be discussing uh, angry drivers with the AA very shortly on the programme. Uh, your comments by text or WhatsApp to 0862103103 or call Bernie on 1850-333-103. You can tweet at C103Cork. And also on the text or WhatsApp, all this week on Cork Today, we're giving you the chance to win tickets to Riverdance with thanks to Aiken Promotions. You can see Riverdance live at the Marquee next year on June the 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 5th. And we've got the tickets to get you there. All you need to do is text or WhatsApp your name and where you are now to 0862103103. Then we will choose somebody and whoever we choose, they'll have to come on air with me later in the show. And then I'll be asking them to choose between a river or a dance themed question. You pick either river or dance. I'll ask you the question and then you must answer correctly to win. We'll have to take your first answer. So whatever you choose, you must get that answer correct. And you could be heading off next year to see Riverdance live at the Marquee with thanks to Aiken Promotions. Text now or WhatsApp 0862103103. C103Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities which include a caretaker required for maintenance of sport grounds and buildings in the Blarney, Whitechurch, Granada and Kilcully areas. Phone 083-303-5365 for further details. A driver and a helper is required by Country Clean. Contact Brian on 86 3821530 or email brian at and Irish Yogurts in Clonakilty have vacancies for a health and safety manager, dispatch supervisor and cold store operators. You can apply with CV to k.hurley at irish-yogurts.ie or phone 023 You'll find these details and more job opportunities right now. Just go online to c103.ie i.e. forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. The majority of drivers have suffered road rage with a great... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Aggressive driving, the most common type according to AA Ireland. Anna Cullen from AA Ireland joins me. Good morning to you, Anna. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, looking at the survey and the research you've done, it does look like road rage and angry drivers are on the increase. Yes, John Paul, as you mentioned, uh, we conducted a recent survey of 8,200 drivers and 70% of those drivers have experienced another driver's road rage. That is quite high and over half have encountered aggressive driving from someone else and one in four have experienced verbal abuse from another driver. So it also found as well that over one in three, that's about 35%, think road rage has gotten worse in the last two years. And that's, that could be perhaps, you know, with the stresses of the pandemic looming, but more say it's equally bad now as it was two years ago. That's about 40%. And very few, which is about 7%, think it has improved. And what are drivers experiencing on the road then when you were carrying out the research? I mean, obviously the people are feeling more irritated and people still commuting and back at work now. But what are they facing on the road? Is it roaring and shouting or flashing lights or what's the experience? Yeah, so as you mentioned already, the most common type of road rage that people recognise was aggressive driving. So over half said they've experienced dangerous overtaking, beeping or flashing lights tailgating and as well as that so-called brake testing which means that you pull in pull in sharply in front of another vehicle and you hit the brakes and one percent said they encountered physical violence outside of the vehicle and then people actually gave their own experiences as well in the survey so over 800 respondents told us about specific experiences they had so more than 300 of their stories involved cases of an impatient driver trying to to persuade them to move faster or to get out of the way even if they were at the speed limit. People also told us about having items thrown at their cars or thrown through their windows, so plastic bottles, with cigarettes, coins, coffee cups, beer cans, even chewing gum at some stages. And several respondents, respondents as well, mainly women, told us of being followed by you know angry drivers for several kilometres or even all the way to their destination. So whether it involved violence, aggressive driving or a threat, lots of respondents to- told us that their experience had left them shaken or nervous driving in the same scenarios again. 
And you mentioned there throwing bottles at the window. I presume this was in traffic or in a city or a town location, but physically someone was actually throwing a bottle out the window at the car next to them because they weren't moving fast enough or they did something wrong. Yeah, so that was that was people's experience. That's what they told us happened. Now, we don't know the exact situation of, you know, whether they were driving at the speed limit or, or whatnot, but that's still, it's still not okay to do that, of course. And you do look at it as well, is, is road rage an offence? And we don't keep crime statistics on road rage in Ireland because road rage, road rage in itself, being angry isn't the crime. It can lead to crime but they're generally, generally recorded under whatever type of offence they are. So that's dangerous driving, harassment, assault, etc. And we mentioned there about the issue of assault. I mean, Gardaí, are they ever called to situations like this? Or, or did anybody mention that, that they called the Gardaí and the Gardaí actually did arrive to sort out a situation that kind of started off more or less from a road rage incident? Yeah, so the best advice to deal with it if you are a victim is don't respond to the person's behaviour. But in serious cases, it is advised that you do call the guards or you drive to the nearest guard station and they, they should try and help you out, you know. So um, that would be the best advice. Obviously, don't engage and stay in your car and stay calm and just don't even interact with them. You know, that's, that's the best advice to lock your car doors as well. Uh, but yeah, the, the advice in serious cases is to go to the guards and get them to help you. And you mentioned there that maybe what's happening over the last year in the pandemic is uh, bringing frustration and anger out on people. But then others said that it was it was as bad two years ago. So it's not solely down to the pandemic. No, it's not. And, you know, it is up to the drivers to monitor their own behaviour. You know, if you are a person who gets anger on the road, you do need to free, reframe driving in your head. You need to make journeys enjoyable with music you like, leave time to get to your destination and remind yourself as well that others, other drivers are not challengers. You know, so this has been around and it will continue to be around. And we we think that it's not really discussed enough. You know, that's why we conducted this survey and it, it has been around in the past, as those drivers, you know, in the survey mentioned, and it will continue. And I, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners have experienced road rage at some stage in their lives and we also monitored as well you know people in the survey their own behavior and six and ten admit to shouting insults from inside the car but interesting enough this drops to just three in ten if they think that the other person can hear them so you know and as well as that 98 percent have felt annoyed at another driver's behavior but three and four two and five said that they find driving to be a stressful experience at least sometimes and it's hard admitted that they feel more impatient with other drivers when the traffic is bad. So it does come down to monitoring your own behaviour when you're inside the car. Do leave enough time to travel and, you know, make, as I said, make that journey enjoyable with, you know, possibly peaceful music or music you like. Yeah, and not everybody, of course, uh, does leave the anger ball over and behind the wheel. It's just a number of people do. It's not a a massive issue either on Irish roads. Not everybody is, is going through it, but it is an issue. Of course, yes, it's not everyone and, and we can't say that it is everyone, but it is out there and it is an issue for some people and some people, as they've shown in the survey, have experienced it. They've given us their personal experiences and as I mentioned, they ha- it has left them shaken or nervous to drive.
OK, speaking of a personal experience, it's just on what you've been saying there. Liam on text agrees with Anna. He says, I am now worn after my day's work. I commute and I commute from East Cork to the city, but I am worn after my day's work and I'm more worn after my evening drive. Uh, traffic is so heavy, you have to constantly be watching everything. So you're concentrating so much. And then you have people who are just angry, who are cutting in and out of lanes, who are making you drive on faster behind you, tailgating. I feel when I come home, I'm not sure if I'm more tired from work or more tired from the commute says Liam and another person here on text that this is Michael who says on the road rage or aggressive driving I have noticed a big increase in the last couple of years and Michael says he feels that he finds female drivers are far more aggressive and downright rude on the roads it can be very difficult at times says Michael is there anything in your research that that men or women are worse at this? No, we didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't uh, ask or we couldn't find out which uh, yeah. who was worse on the road, unfortunately. OK, that's Michael's view there. And Niamh. Now, Niamh is from Offaly. She says, I lived in Dublin for years, but I do feel drivers in Cork City do not leave anyone out from junctions. Or if someone needs to change lanes, for example, if one lane is about to become a bus lane or if a car is broken down and no one leaves you out, it isn't that you can't or you want to change lanes. You've no option but to change lanes, but you can't. No one leaves you out. She feels it wasn't that bad when she drove in Dublin. Yes, you have to be fast, but at least give way, says Niamh from Offaly. So that's some of the experience there from people on the roads. I mean, the lane one will be a big one in Cork, whereby it is impossible to change lanes to right. People don't give way a lot in the city areas in Cork compared to other cities. I mean, I presume you drive yourself, Anna, do you? Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, uh, I have had a couple of experiences, nothing violent, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would be similar to those those people that have texted in, you know, just aggressive driving or, you know, people just shouting insults or whatever. Now that's, they probably do shout insults from inside the car because I have never heard them. But And it it is funny because when we conducted the survey, over 6 in 10 people say that they do shout insults while they're at the wheel, but only 3 in 10 do so if they think that the other person can actually hear them. So a lot of the road rage does happen inside the car, behind the wheel. The other driver can't hear it. But unfortunately, there are some experiences where people do get out of the car or it does turn violent and that that isn't very nice. No, that's the last thing you want, uh, especially if it's only a road journey you're on. And for, and yourself, I mean, whereabouts in the country are you living? I live in Tipperary. In Tip. So where would you most come across any type of road rage? I mean, would it be in the motorway or, or would it be in towns? Well, yeah, so I go between uh, Tipperary and Dublin. So it, it, I've experienced it in Tip or Dublin. So I don't think it really matters where you are. Yeah. Uh, these drivers are... are probably all over the country but yeah it would mainly be in towns I suppose you know I live in rural Ireland so I'm not going to come across lots of traffic where where my house is but of course when I go into towns or the cities that's when you would experience it most True and I think people are more frustrated than in cities and towns because you have traffic lights you have traffic jams and anybody that's in a traffic jam is just going to get more frustrated uh, on the abuse at the wheel Donald says I am guilty of that I often do uh, be sitting in traffic and giving out about a driver either beside me or in front of me that shouldn't be doing what he is doing or should be uh, but I would not be brave enough to get out of the car I always hope they don't hear me because I'm not the biggest person in the world says Donald on text 0862103103 so I suppose be careful if you are going to be shouting you don't want to situation to get out of control and a very interesting research uh, thanks for joining us this morning thank you John Paul and I hope you won't come across any angry drivers now over the next uh, a few weeks or so and a Merry Christmas to you all at AA 
Happy Christmas. Thanks a million. Take care. That is Anna Cullen there uh, from AA Ireland. So you heard some of the experiences they came across and from our listeners. Uh, have you anything like what Michael and what Luke and what others have been uh, telling us across the morning? Uh, you can call Bernie 1850 333 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 if you have been in a situation where you were in an aggressive road rage situation or do you think the standard of driving has just got worse and gone downhill over the last few years uh, in particular from this over the last two years uh, your views are welcome you can tweet us as well at C103Cork or email corktoday at c103.ie and Edward by text is asking people's views on this and this has got to do with uh, which is not in our area but it's becoming a quite controversial topic across the rest of the country it's uh, a pipeline that they're thinking of running from the River Shannon to Dublin and this is to provide the capital with water. Uh, a lot of anger in various parts of the Midlands and the west of the country on this but Edward says Hi JP, I'm not too sure if people are aware of this but I think it's very wrong that those living in the Shannon region will now be expected to be giving up their water rights for Dublin. If Dublin and those running the Dublin councils fix their water network and spend the money to fix their leaks then they would not have to waste our money that is taxpayers money on building this pipeline from the Shannon to Dublin to pump water they have invested for years in the Dublin region too much bringing all big firms into Dublin locating big firms in Dublin then making sure everything on a national basis comes out of Dublin which means everybody then is moving to Dublin hence why we have a commuter belts in Kildare in Mead and in Wicklow Edward goes on to say that he feels it's very unfair on the taxpayer who will have to fund this but also why those in the Shannon region who's to say that the Shannon and those towns in the Shannon region will have water problems themselves in years to come and Dublin will benefit the problem is that in the past they focused Focus too much on Dublin. Everything was Dublin bound. They didn't spread out the country to Galway or Cork or Waterford or Limerick like the UK have done and other countries have done. We're too centralised. Everything is on the east side and the east coast. And now look what's happening. They have no water. Spread things out and this would not happen. Uh, that's from Edward. I linked the uh, WhatsApp to 0862103103. So your views, do you agree with Edward that it's wrong to be taking water from the River Shannon to Dublin and that this this was something that was going to happen considering the planning uh, for this country over the years. The fact that everything, as Edward outlines in his WhatsApp, was based in Dublin. You know, major companies told to set up in Dublin. Uh, you have all the national offices of companies based out of Dublin. The majority, anyhow, the government offices are all in Dublin, of course. And people moving to Dublin for jobs. Hints of house prices on the rise. More houses were built there. And now we're in a situation where there's no water going into Dublin or not enough water anyhow. And I suppose, yeah, you could say if they fix the leaks there, would that be a lot better rather than what they are doing? But still, I suppose we can't get on the case of uh, them and us, uh, but he is citing that he feels anyhow it's wrong for this to go ahead. Your views are welcome. Do you agree or not with Edward uh, on that uh, controversial pipeline, I must say, uh, in the west coast of Ireland anyhow, uh, that this is to go ahead. Your views are welcome. It's a consultation. I think at the moment anyhow Irish Water are looking at and I think the public consultation is starting in the regions today uh, where the Shannon flows through your views are welcome Bernie 1850 333 103 on the phone or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Now there's many fundraisers on at the moment all relation to where and how you can win a home but this one is being run by a local primary school who as we all know have faced a lot of pressure
matter over the last year or two. Marie Casey is principal of Boherbui National School and she joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, John Paul. Thank you, and thank you for having us. And on. thanks for joining us. I know we spoke to you at the start of the year when you were getting this underway and you were telling us why you were doing this. First of all, how's the response been over the last year? Absolutely fantastic. And um, we're delighted uh, to date with the online sales and the sale of uh, um, tickets uh, from the school. And um, everything's on track now. We're down the last few weeks of our draw. And um, at the moment, tickets are flying out the door with our special promotion for the month of December. And we expect them to be sold out for, for the end of the month. Um, at the moment, our Christmas promotion is one ticket is €79. Euro, and you can buy two tickets for €100. Euro. And by buying two tickets, that's one uh, two for €100, you're one in a 5,000 uh, chance of winning that house. And obviously, the more tickets you buy, the more chances you have of winning this wonderful uh, house worth €355,000 in Killarney. And there's no limit on how many tickets you can buy, no? No, you can buy as many as you want. We have a limit of 10,000 tickets and, um, you know, we expect those to be short, uh, sold out very shortly. So, um, yes, anyone can buy as many tickets as they want. As I said, it increases your chances of winning the more you buy. And I'll get to the house in Killarney shortly, but just tell us on why the school is fundraising. I suppose many will say the Department of Education, you know, should they not be helping you out? But that's not the case with all schools across the country. We're well aware of board of managements and parents and even students who fundraise for their own local school. So, so tell us what indeed you were doing and why you have decided to come up with this novel idea to fundraise. Well, we in 2019, we applied for funding from the Department of Education for an extension to our school because our numbers had increased. And yes, we got our extension of the classroom, but unfortunately, we didn't get any other facilities. And one we wanted was a general purpose room for our children in the school. Uh, at the moment, our children have no facilities for outdoor uh, or indoor facilities for drama or activity or PE. We have to go out in the yard and we have children with special educational needs in our school. And there's no facilities available for them. So we had an alternative, really, the Board of Management uh, of the school to, you know, go ahead and do some fundraising ourselves to be able to build this room. Now, we're hoping to make uh, enough money to build this general purpose room and also to upgrade our field at the back of the school um, to include um, a health-promoting walkway, a sensory garden and some other facilities there because the field has been lying fallow there for the last number of years and it's of no use to us only for three months in the summer when it's dry. And how old would the school building be itself? Well, one half of the school was built in 1934 and the other half was built in 1971 and there's been absolutely no um, building works in our school since 1971 and that's over 50 years. So we're well due um, some new facilities for our school and our numbers have increased immensely over the last number of years and we have now uh, currently 196 pupils in our school and because we have no facilities like a PE hall for them or a general purpose room where they can go and you know do some creative work and be indoors when the weather is bad um, you know over the winter months that's why we really need this facility for our school. And you mentioned there about the significant growth in the school by way of numbers is that because more people are moving back to where they are from or just new people moving into the area we have seen in the last two years from people who are deciding to move away from the cities and larger towns back to where they are from or more rural areas because of the benefits of living in these areas. Yes, I think a lot of well, many of the families that have moved into our village have come from Cork City and uh, farther, farther afield as far as Cove um, because they weren't able to secure houses 
houses in their area and we luckily had a housing estate built in the village over the last couple of years so uh, you know again the families have moved out and they're absolutely delighted to be living in Boerbui it's a fantastic village loads of facilities there comprehensive school primary school and everything that you'd need so they're really happy that they have moved out to a rural area but again they've moved away from their own families because they couldn't secure housing um, in their own area it's interesting, isn't it? The the more urban areas and, and towns yes. on the commuter bed like Cove, they have got very expensive housing wise, but they're the only way of getting on the property ladder is moving further out. So yeah, but it has a benefit for you guys. So, I mean, you see it there yes. in the school, and I'm sure the local economy sees the knock on effect as well. Absolutely, um, you know that local businesses businesses have benefited from um, the population growth in the village, and you know um, again, as I said, that it leads back to the school. We really need these facilities for the children in the school, and you know it's it's such hard work, particularly in the COVID era we're in, that we yeah. had to go out and fundraise for this particular facility for our school. But you know we have a fantastic uh, fundraising committee behind me, and with the support of everyone locally, who and oh, I would really like to thank all the people that have bought tickets and supported us uh, in Butterweed, the Duhalloway area, in the Cork area and Kerry and all from all over the country and you know every penny that we raise will go towards the facilities for the children in the school so we'd really appreciate if everyone could think about buying a, a, t- a ticket for a family member for Christmas would be a wonderful gift I could imagine if they won a house worth €355,000 that would set them up for life and you know it's very easy you can call the school and the school phone line will be open right throughout the Christmas because we'll redirect the school phone onto the mobile phone so people can buy tickets from 9am till 10pm uh, daily uh, right up to the very draw which will be taking place on the 3rd of January and again to remind everybody that the tickets are currently one, uh, €79 for one ticket and you can buy two tickets for €100. Euro. Well, you're a great sales rep. <laughs> I know you're a school principal, but you make a great sales representative if you ever had to change careers. Tell us about the house, Maria, because I don't want to leave you go, but before we find out about the house you mentioned there, it is in Clarny. It's in a prime spot in Clarny. I've seen the photos of it. It's a, a beautiful house within a housing estate, very, uh, more or less in the centre, very near the centre of the town anyhow. Um, uh, tell us about where it's located exactly and what's uh, in the house and, and uh, the com- amenities, I suppose, nearby. Well, it's um, situated right in the heart of Killarney. It's just off of Park Road. If you go up by McDonald's restaurant there, right up to the very top, there's a little cul-de-sac there of 10 houses in that, and it's one of those houses. It's a four-bed house and a really lovely, um, you know, cul-de-sac road, no traffic, a, be- a garden, front parking, uh, four bedrooms, uh, two en suite, and, um, you know, it's a wonderful uh, position. It's by about 10 minutes walk from the centre of the town, very near to the um, the uh, centre there of the shopping centre, the outlet. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to view it, they can drive up there and, and have a look at the house. It's it's a wonderful um, play, uh, house and would be fantastic if you won that to be right in the heart of Killarney. And again, you know, people may not want to live in Killarney, so you know, they could win a house and, and, and invest in it and maybe buy a house of their own. You know, there's several benefits a person would have if they won this house. And if you do win it then and you decide to live there, I mean, is it something that you'll have to furnish this yourself? And then when it comes to legal documents, is that up to yourself? Then I mean, that that's not included in the cost? Um, no, we have included the legal costs of oh, know, you? the transfer of the house in okay. the prize, which is worth about €5,000. <laughs> and um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not furnished, even though the photographs we have, we collaborated with... Um, uh, 
Cochrane's in Killarney and they kindly uh, furnished a house for us for a photo shoot and to you know give the potential buyer or winner uh, an idea of what the house would look like and it looked absolutely amazing on the day and Liam O'Connor who's a former prince, uh, a pupil of our school uh, came along on the day to launch it with us and um, Liam was great support in our promotional video for the house. Okay, well, as I say, it is. It would be fantastic for the Christmas period if someone was to or, or, or won this. When is the draw, by the way, again, did you say? Um, the draw is happening on um, the thir- 3rd of January and at 8 o'clock in the evening. And um, it'll be on Facebook Live uh, draw, uh, so everybody can tune in to see who will be the, the winner on the night. It'll be a very exciting night for everybody, you know, wondering who will be the person that will be, uh, whose name will be and ticket will be pulled out of that barrel on the day. And again, as I said, you can contact the school to buy a ticket on 029-76141 or the mobile is 87 Four 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 three seven eight zero. Alternatively, you can go online and buy a ticket on www.winyourdreamhouseincalarney.com. Well, best of luck uh, to you, Murray. There, I mean, it's, as you say, it's going to be very exciting on that date. Mm-hmm. And before I let you go, it's a lot of talk over the last few months about how schools have adjusted to uh, the various COVID regulations and uh, pu- pupils being inside in schools and the windows being half open and you know providing uh, ventilation in the schools. Uh, how have you adapted there in Boharbuina? Is that an extra cost in on running a school with everything they're bring, bringing in? I know there's grants being uh, placed and available to schools, but still, uh, for the interim, it's a cost to you. Yes, it is. Now, they have provided, the Department of Education have provided COVID grants to help schools and like, but we, like every other primary school in the country, um, you know, we're doing our best to adapt to it. Um, I mean, it, having windows open in the middle of winter and I think one of your listeners last week was saying, you know, that the children were perished in their classrooms and they are and teachers. So, you know, a bit of logic has to be used. We have the CO2 monitors in the classroom and they're a great indication, you know, when the levels uh, rise in the school, uh, in the classroom, then obviously either the children go out for a break and get some fresh air when open the window so it's reduced again but it is uh, you know it is a nightmare for everybody and you know I think schools in general and staff and principals have done an amazing job and you know again it's like you know handed from the Department of Education into the hands of the principals to deal with all of this on the ground and you know it is a bit unfair on top of all the other work that principals have to do and they are just to be commended and all the staff for all the work that they have done and keeping the schools as safe as possible and there's just literally no more we can do and just hope for the best that, you know, that the schools now, since the masks are being worn by the children, I suppose it has, uh, you know, hopefully will help in reducing the numbers of COVID in schools and also keeping staff safe as well. Because we, you know, the primary school staff are, were the ones that were most at risk because the children weren't wearing masks until recently. So, you know, it is hard to protect yourself, you know, from that. And then, I mean, you're more or less principals, you're CEO of the school. So it's like being a CEO of a company. And what everybody is finding in every workplace, even outside of schools, is that if someone has a sniffle or any type of a sore throat or anything, they initially go, I better not come in. I better get myself checked. And that can lead to a knock on effect then for the business. I mean, schools, we've heard are the same. And without getting into details there about your school, is it hard to manage then when you're trying to get a sub in for the day and trying to manage a class when something like that? arises. Yes, it is difficult and you know we have been in a position where we couldn't get a um a sub for a day and you know 
I had to help out as principal. Now that's happening in many schools. I think maybe down around the Cork and Kerry area and in some parts, rural parts of Ireland, it may not be as bad, but I know from my own sister teaches up in County Wicklow, they literally cannot get subs into the school. Um, now some of the students uh, who are on teacher packs are available now and that has really helped. And, you know, it is going to be difficult and look, we just hope and I suppose we have to keep positive as well that when we come back after Christmas and the new year that, you know, hopefully things will be better and, you know, the number of cases of COVID at the moment will have reduced. That's what we have to remain hopeful, you know, and I think that's what schools are. They're amazing. Everybody working in the school and I have to come in as well, parents in school, they have been very, very supportive of schools and doing everything we ask them to do, wearing masks to the gate, obeying the dropping and, and collecting of children. You know, it isn't easy for them either and nobody wants to be the person, you know, that brings COVID into the school, like whether it's a, a pupil or a staff member or whatever, you know, everybody is conscious of that and you are right, people do stay out because they're just worried if they have a cough or a cold and, you know, again, we can ask for no more. The pupils are doing an amazing job, the parents are the staff and, you know, I think they're the really heroes here on the groundwork, keeping our schools open and keeping children learning in the classroom. Okay, Marie, with the very best of luck to you anyhow there in Boerhaboe for the next while while you, you work around what's happening in relation to the pandemic, but also uh, with your draw for that house in Killarney and I'm sure a lot of excitement for those who were involved on the January 3rd when the draw is made for the moment. So best of luck and thanks for joining us and happy Christmas right. to all in Boerhaboe. And thank you so much, John Paul, and the same to you and C103. Thank, thank you, you for talking to us this morning. Murray Casey there, Principal of Boherbui National School on that draw. They are a fundraising for in their school, as you heard, and it is a house in Killarney. You could be winning if you get involved with that draw. And of course, as she said, like so many schools, fundraising to complete various projects that they are doing and which is tough enough at the moment for them with everything going on, as she outlined there. Your views are welcome on 1850 Three text or WhatsApp 0862103103. JP until one with Cork today, and your comments are welcome to Bernie 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. On the way after 12:30, our resident councillor on the show Joe Heffernan will join us, and we're going to be discussing how this time of the year can be very stressful for both people who have recently occurred in a separation, and if there's children involved in the uh, situation that that can present. Then we'll discuss that with Joe after 12.30. But earlier on the show, we were speaking by or with AA Ireland about angry drivers on a road rage. And road rage is on the increase, it would seem. Uh, not only for the last uh, year or so, but on our texts and WhatsApps for a long time, I would say the last four or five years. But I think the pandemic has uh, caused a lot of anger in society. And that then, that anger has been pushed onto the roads. And a lot of people have been in touch with their experiences over for the last uh, few months uh, on our roadways here in Cork. Here's just uh, some of what, is, uh, of what people have been saying to us and what contacts we have got this morning from those who have experienced road rage on the show. You would have heard some earlier when we spoke with Anna Cullen of the AA. Well, this is Tim. And Tim is on WhatsApp and he says, Hi, John Paul. Recently, I often drove a car with L plates as my son was learning to drive. I could not believe the difference in treatment from others' drivers. Very aggressive and bullying towards L plates when the opposite is what's needed. Can you please ask your listeners to be more patient and mindful towards learner drivers? After all, we had all had to learn at some time, uh, says Tim on 
WhatsApp while another person here says Hi JP I'm a motorcyclist and people in cars never use their indicators or never look left or right when coming out of junctions and at roundabouts car drivers don't have a clue there should be a test like the CPC for car drivers every two years says that WhatsApper uh, who's a motorcyclist you agree with him? Should uh, all of us, all of us car drivers, should we undertake a test like they do for the CPC every two years? Your views are welcome on that. And Emma on text says, I am in my late 20s, but have driven for years. It's ridiculous. These people can't drive. And we should all, or why should we all waste a half an hour each day with learners stalling at critical lights and the rests at rush hour times also? Uh, that's Emma. So uh, not a fan of uh, driving drivers and uh, people who she feels just simply can't drive. And also a texter here. This is from someone who says, I drive from Dungarvan to the Bandon area to a farmer company. And if people learned how to drive, they would not be a need for road rage. I see women doing their makeup and tipping the back of a car from not looking of what's ahead of them. It's like that this morning on the Bloomfield interchange and learners and in drivers should not be allowed to drive during rush hour, says that person on text who drives from Dungarvan to the abandoned area. And Pat is in Yol. Uh, Pat says so many cars seem to come without indicators these days. The amount of drivers who just turn with no indicator. It's a joke. Where have our driving lessons gone when people get their tests? That's it. They're off. And I think whatever they learn goes out the window, says Pat and Yol. While Mike is in, in, a, in a Shannon and Mike says people pulling out in front of cars at junctions. It's really frustrating me. And I feel it's happening a lot more over the last year. You're in a situation where you're driving along the road, says Mike. And next thing a car will pull out right in front of you. And you then have to suddenly break. Why should I be suddenly breaking? Breaking in my car because somebody comes down in front of me, asks Mike in Inishannon. There's just some of the calls and comments in relation to bad drivers, angry drivers and road rage. We heard more earlier on the show. Your views are welcome. And I suppose, would you people agree with our motorcyclist who feels that car drivers, because of what we're hearing, should do a test every two years? Uh, Many, I feel, won't agree. But anyhow, your views are welcome. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And earlier, Edward was on to us on WhatsApp. He's not happy about this proposed pipeline. And this pipeline uh, won't affect us here in Cork, but it is going to go from the River Shannon to Dublin because Dublin basically is running out of water. Uh, Many people earlier felt that if they fix the leaks in Dublin, the water leaks, that would be money better spent uh, than what they are suggesting. Anyhow, on this, a lot of people have reacted to this, to what Edward is saying. Uh, Texter here says, what about all the money being spent on the new trains? All for Dublin, the rest of the country, again, never seems to be considered. And Terry says, I agree with Edward. If they didn't concentrate everything on Dublin, there would be no need to be dragging water from the Shannon to Dublin. Liz says, in the UK, everything is spread around the country. Department offices of the government are between Manchester and London. And then you have big companies. They can often locate in places like Liverpool or Birmingham. While we have some big companies and HQs located here in Cork, it's nothing like that they have in other countries. It seems here, everything big will go to Dublin or is encouraged to go to Dublin. And Liz feels it's wrong now to be dragging water from the Shannon to Dublin simply because of planning decisions made over the years. Dublin 
is a very badly planned out city and that is because they planned everything to be based there and now look where they are. They don't have the infrastructure to back it up, says Liz. While Dan on WhatsApp says if everything was balanced across the country we would have proper cities such as bigger cities. Dublin would still be huge but Cork would be bigger and with better public transport as would Limerick, Waterford and Galway. But instead that did not happen and now look at us. We are in a right state across the country, says Dan. Evelyn uh, on text says, Hi JP, I watch a lot of English channels as I lived in the UK for years. And what I notice on them is that shows come from all over the UK, from Manchester, from London, from Leeds, Cardiff and more. While here, it's all Dublin. So yes, it's totally wrong having everything in one place and then they can take water from another area of the country to Dublin. They need to relook at how we do things in the this country with regards to centralisation. We're the only country that does this, says Evelyn. Uh, then a, a different viewpoint here from Tim, who's been listening to comments like that as well earlier. And what Edward says, Tim feels that we are a small country, so it makes sense to have everything in Dublin. We're not a big country like others around us or indeed in Europe. We do need centralisation for Dublin and then we all feed off that, says Tim. While Kieran in Carrigaline uh, feels it makes no sense whatsoever. Fix the leaks in Dublin. Invest in that. It won't cost as much as a pipe from the Shannon uh, says Kieran in Carrigaline on text to 0862103103 On the fuel allowance we spoke to earlier this was when we were discussing the 100 euro credit that we're all set to receive from the government it's going to come off our energy bills in the early part of 2022 and that led to a discussion about the fuel allowance and people who are finding it hard to receive the fuel allowance they've applied they come back looking for more documentation uh, some in the end get it but by the time they get it it's into the spring and several months and then they don't qualify for the year that is gone they have to wait for next year and then other people are just not getting anything and being told that they don't qualify for the fuel allowance so this is one of those um, on text uh, no name on this but this person says I don't get the fuel allowance because I have my sons at home now I am in my 80s but if I get rid of them I would get it but then if I do that they will be homeless so it means then that if they mean to test this which they do, uh, it's all the big shots now will get the money uh, from their electric bills when they bring out the 100 euros. Uh, so yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, The, the fuels allowance is being tested. So because you have your sons living with you, you're not getting it. But then, yeah, the, the 100 euros, everybody will get that, the wealthy and the not so wealthy. So yeah, it's, it's a catch-22 because you're right. If you tell your sons to go elsewhere, uh, and not to live with you with the cost of accommodation and everything you feel that they would end up homeless or they certainly would find it hard to get a home any home because they're with you you don't qualify uh, so it's a hard situation to be in thank you for your text on bank holidays we mentioned earlier of course a lot of people are happy that the Monday and Tuesday after Christmas Day and St Stephen's Day is a bank holiday both of those days are uh, people inquiring earlier on in the show but Ed says hi JP New Year's Day is also on a Saturday so the following Monday is also a bank holiday with a smiley face it is indeed Ed thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103 and Martina in McCroom was raising something she felt was a waste of money earlier and this was how the Department of Taoiseach uh, they spent 450000 on airfares on gifts and on hotels and she felt with we keep hearing about hospitals under pressure for money and the financial restraints in our schools in our education system in our uh, health system and yet then we see this 
headline in a lot of the uh, Sunday papers at the weekend that the Department of the Taoiseach does spend that amount of money on such things as gifts and those gifts. We outlined this earlier in the show just to give you an example if you missed it. For example, 50 silver bookmarks. 50 of them, 83 euro each. Uh, 400 euros for uh, Quartet entertained the European Commission uh, president when he arrived to Dublin and then there was 1,100 euros spent on flowers and there's more there and we outlined more earlier on the show but uh, while most people agreed with Martina, uh, Dan has a different view, Dan, or sorry Dave uh, Dave has a different view, Dave says of course the health service and many more services need funding but we also must promote our country at home and abroad. One of the ways we do that is by spending on gifts and entertainment. I think it's essential that we do that. The amount spent is not out of order, says Dave on text to 0862103103. We were making the point earlier that that's this budget they have in the Taoiseach's department, it's every year set aside for that. So uh, could it be moved and set aside and money taken out of that and given to the hospital system and the education system? Possibly, but the, those in the finance departments will say, no, it's a budget every year set aside for this. So that's what it's for. Uh, but thank you, Dave, for your text. Uh, a lot of people would have mixed views on something like this. You could see where we should be promoting our country. But then when other people see the headlines and they see the amount of money being spent on uh, gifts like that, and then you have hospitals and uh, managers in hospitals crying out for ICU beds. You can see uh, why the anger is out there. And can we say a big thank you uh, to the Church Town Roadrunners that they did the 5K and 10K for the Charnival Suicide Awareness Group during December. And that's coming in from Margaret, Margaret O'Callaghan, I presume, there in Charnival. Good afternoon to you and well done to all in Church Town uh, for doing that run and raising funds for the Charnival Suicide Awareness Group. Our lines are open 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp. 0862103103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie Cronin Electrical in Coolmain and Kilbreton they have a Christmas lights display each day it goes from 4 to 11pm in aid of CUH Charity Fund donations are welcome on site or online to idonate.ie forward slash Christmas lights this week's home bingo books are now on sale from the usual outlets in Kildallery for their home bingo this week's snowball prize is 200 euros and a dog show in aid of Hart the animal rescue in the Duhalla region that will be held in in the CYMS Hall in Newmarket. It's going ahead this Sunday. Starts at 2 o'clock. Great fun for all the family. And entry is €3 Euro per dog. Discover the sparkle on your doorstep and support local businesses. Thank you for shopping local. From everyone at C103. And we're giving you the chance to go along and see Riverdance live at the marquee next June 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 5th with thanks to Aiken Promotions. We asked you earlier to come on air and join us and Alison Eaton in Kinsale is going to join us this afternoon. Hi Alison. Hi John Paul, how are you? I'm fine. How are things in Kinsale today? Oh, a bit misty. <laughs> oh, well, they said it would be misty by the coast, so you're right on the coast there. So. Yes, right overlooking the water. <laughs> well, hopefully it will uh, clear up during the afternoon. But what a nice view when it does clear up there in Kinsale. Oh, it's gorgeous. Best yeah. place to be. It is indeed. Well, you could be going to the Marquino from Kinsale next year if you get this answer right. Are you a fan of Riverdance? I am. I love it. I absolutely adore it. 
Yeah, it's a great production. If you've seen it live already, but if you have not, you really enjoyed it. It's a fantastic production. No, I've production. never seen it live. Oh, haven't you? Well, you love no. this if you go along. Well, fingers crossed you'll get this right. You, I have to take your first answer, so think about it if you're unsure, okay? But before okay. I, I give you uh, the answer, the question even, you have to choose between a river or dance-themed question. So are you going to choose a river-themed or a dance-themed? I'll try a dance Okay, hopefully you know this one. I'm going to hit this and here we are. They're giving me the dance question. Uh, So it's kind of musical. So hopefully you know this. Uh, In 2020, that was last year, uh, the group Tones and I, they had a massive hit with the song called, was it A, Dance Monkey or B, Dance Donkey? Oh, Dance Monkey. Ah, that's it. Excellent. Well done, Alison. You are going along next year on To Live at the Marquee in June to see Riverdance. So well that's done. great, John Paul. Thank you so much. Congrats. A pair of tickets will be making their way to you and enjoy it. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Alison Eaton there in Kinsale off to Riverdance, Levy the Marquis, which takes place in June 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 5th with thanks to Aiken Promotions. A lot of calls still coming in regarding driver behaviour. Uh, this is coming in from Anne who has said, I have noticed people driving are very angry. The experience I have is two occasions. I have been walking my dog and crossing over the roads and cars have sped up to try and frighten me. I was going to report one, but then I said I wouldn't. I am driving and I am a driver and I am very patient to everyone I think on the road and I'm also aware of the very bad times that we were all going through over this pandemic but I have noticed people are very angry looking at the moment and not only in the cars says Anne on WhatsApp to 86 Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of people would nearly agree with you on that, Anne. Do you agree with Anne? Even outside the cars, uh, people are looking angry at the moment, says Anne on WhatsApp. And Dan on WhatsApp says, JP, as regard the motorcyclists, I drive every day around Munster and the speed they do is absolutely frightening. I know well where not yearly or monthly tests should be done. Uh, They are lunatics. So uh, I think that Dan is saying that the car drivers should not maybe get the test and maybe he feels that um, motorcyclists should be the ones going for the yearly uh, but maybe more monthly tests should be done on those uh, says Dan uh, on 0862 just some of the texts coming in regarding driver behaviour and angry drivers on our roads and John is in Blackpool and he's asking he gets his pension on this coming Friday will he get two weeks this Friday uh, just the latest I know we discussed that on the show yesterday John the latest we have on this and I would say it's going to be the following week um, according to what I have I don't think for the 19th no uh, so they're saying that all welfare and state pensions everybody that will receive it will receive normal this week and the advance payment will be made then on the week beginning the Monday the 20th of December so whatever payment you get uh, on the week starting Monday the 20th you will get basically doubled in on that week because you won't receive your payment the following week so it'll be next week if you get me when you get your payments and hi to Mike in Bantry do you know if the road from Bantry to Kinmare will be open again I'll double check that it was supposed to open if it isn't already around now we'll check that for you also uh, on the driving situation I would just love to know if the drivers should be under a monthly review test to see if they can keep their full licence so uh, something else suggested would you welcome that uh, a monthly review it seems that would be a lot a monthly review I mean if they can barely cope at the moment with a driving test as it is uh, and dealing with that situation a monthly review uh, seems 
kind of hard for the state to achieve but would people like that a monthly review to see if they can keep their full licence your views are welcome and I think we'll get back to that tomorrow 1850 or you can email us as well across the afternoon Cork today at c103.ie uh, but the Get Up and Go Diaries we spoke to Brendan Sands who publishes these we spoke to him back in November and every year he releases a new edition and it's full of positivity and hope and he has them again for this year the Irish the Busy Woman and the Busy Woman Paddish Diaries for this year are back if you would like to win uh, three of those just text diary along with your name and where you are now to 0862103103 and for Mike and Bantry who was inquiring about that road closure from Kinmare to Glengarriff this was at the Caha Tunnel of course uh, closed from early October and that road I can tell you Mike is due to reopen this evening from five o'clock or so but this evening anyhow not too sure if it'll open exactly at five if it's not open, not open already but this evening uh, they're due to reopen that road uh, so for anybody and I know there was people making long journeys because of that closure but it is due to be open this evening so if you're travelling from uh, the Bantry Glengarriff area towards Kenmere uh, from the Caha Tunnels they're due to reopen this evening hopefully that helps the people on text uh, inquiring today on that and from Mike and Bantry now as we know Christmas can be a, a stressful time of the year for so many but it can be especially stressful at Christmas for both people where a separation has occurred and the separation where there are children this presents a unique and stressful situation for each of those people concerned so today we're going to discuss this and hopefully help people in that situation with our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan who joins us good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon, JP. And I suppose, Joe, when we're discussing there, I mean, every year this comes up about separation and some people feel what has happened in the last two years has led to more people uh, perishing ways, unfortunately. And as people are thinking now about Christmas, and I mentioned there about children, I mean, you would recommend that people need to plan early and maybe now, or maybe now could be even too late, but plan now for what's going to happen next week on the run up to Christmas and the week over Christmas. Absolutely, because the last thing you want, like, is, um, you know, uncertainty. The times are tough enough to deal with, and especially in a situation where a a separation has taken place and where there are children. So um, to have a plan in place agreed um, will be extremely helpful. And in that plan... Um, you know, not to ask the children, for example, uh, to decide, um, you know, who will be with ma'am, who will be with dad, um, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, make a plan and, and stick to the plan. And then what has been found to be very successful in the past is to, as it were, stagger the Christmas arrangements. For example... The children um, could spend Christmas Eve with one parent and Christmas Day with the other parent, or Stephen's Day, and then to swap that arrangement the following year. So that, you know, uh, to be fair to each parent and the children. Um, uh, This is the 2021 Christmas, which I suppose is a strange one. The last one was maybe even stranger. Um, but not to make it more difficult than it needs to be. So um, to to have a plan, to agree the plan, and to stick to the plan. 
um, will take a lot of stress out of it. Um, you know, you don't want people um, uh, in the next couple of weeks, like, what are we doing? Which way will we do that? Um, it's better to, even if two people aren't exactly getting on well, I mean, obviously, if two people have parted, they weren't getting on well. Um, but to kind of get over the personal um, issues that may be there and, uh, you know, put the children first and make a plan. Now, some people can be extremely um, sensible and make a plan and they stick to the plan and... Uh, while there has been a separation in the formal uh, sense of a partnership or marriage, um, you know, people can talk and people can um, uh, make an arrangement um, uh, on the clear understanding that they're putting the children first and that that's what matters. Yeah, and you mentioned there about not asking the children to decide of what will happen yeah. over Christmas because that's something we get a lot after this yearly conversation we have is that that's exactly what happens. They ask the child where they want to go and it shouldn't be up to the children to decide. I mean, you know, the adults should be making the decisions. But also when it comes to the issue of presence, not to start a competition on who should be getting what or what the best present can be. Uh, and I suppose to understand that, you know, your your, your mum and your dad will be there all year round, not just on the one day, uh, but let's not get into a competitive streak here and end up having the whole thing falling back on the child. Absolutely. Or causing animosity between the parents um, or, um, you know, even um, even allowing the, the children like to, um, you know, to play one off against the other because that can happen too. Um, you know, if Daddy gave me X, um, uh, Y, and Z, well then, uh, you know, ma'am can be tempted, right, to go A, B, C, and um, uh, and and uh, uh, not to fall for that one, and and not to compete, um, not to, you know, not to not to kind of as it were, to better um, the other person, to just be reasonable. Um, um, we all love to give a present to a child. We all love to see the smile, um, of course. But, you know, uh, not to let it descend into, as you say, and you say it perfectly, not to let it d- d- descend into a competition. Yeah, that's that's really important. And then we must think of the extended family as well, which sometimes can be forgotten about in these conversations. The cousins on either side, you know, they might want to spend time with their cousin. And also you have the grandparents to think of who would love to see their grandchildren at Christmas. Not always possible, though, in some of these situations, Joe, if it's following a bad breakup and then you're trying to, you know, work out their own terms, first of all. But then don't forget and try and bring in the extended family. Absolutely. And as you say, and you say absolutely correctly, I mean, sometimes um, a breakup can be uh, quite bitter. And um, and sometimes um, the ideal is maybe not possible. Um, but whether um, whatever feelings are running uh, decisions um, to make sure that the children are not um, involved uh, in in that. Now, 
if a child is not visiting um, cousins, we'll say, well, okay, that's happening, but it needn't be highlighted. Um, uh, and if questions are asked, there can be answers like, well, look, um, it's just not convenient this year, uh, rather than um, uh, a criticism or um, a revisiting of old uh, arguments to just, if possible, just let it be and um, uh, let peace uh, and tranquility uh, rule in, in, in one's own home. Um, make it good, make it pleasant, make it memorable uh, for the child or the children. Um, and once that is the objective, once that's on top of the agenda, well then, things won't go badly wrong at all, provided that, um, you know, uh, that that having made a plan, etc., etc., that people stick to the plan. And um, I suppose you'd have a list of do's and don'ts uh, mm. in a situation like this, Joe. And this wouldn't just be for Christmas. I'm sure you could use these uh, throughout the year and outside of the Christmas period. But uh, just run through the, I suppose, in this situation, the do's and the don'ts. Right. Well, the first one is to be positive and helpful in the do list. Um, you know, just um, uh, if you're feeling um, a bit um, put out or to a higher extent a bit bitter about maybe something was said or done, to just get past that and to be positive and helpful and to have it very clearly in your mind that you're doing that for the children and therefore to be supportive of the other parent, and to be flexible. Um, You know, that if someone says uh, four o'clock, well, let it be four o'clock. But if it's ten minutes past four, um, you know, uh, if everyone is doing his or her best um, to, uh, to make things work, well then, you know, go along with that. Be cooperative. Um, because, uh, uh you know, people can uh, be uh, very pernickety about details and um, uh, can kind of uh, exaggerate the um, uh, the feelings around a small bit of um, uh, flexibility. Now, not to say that flexibility would mean um, that a person can kind of ignore what has been arranged um, in in a big way. But like, uh, you know, not to have the, the, the stopwatch uh, on. Um, so to have the children ready on time, for example, would be one thing. Just to have them ready on time. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, in consideration of the child's needs and wishes, um, uh, they don't want to be witnessing um, uh, either hard looks or hard words um, uh at any time of year, really, but especially uh, at this time of the year. And uh, another one of uh, the little um, items that has come up over the years, too, would be allow for different house rules. Um, you know, um, uh, <laughs> you'd, you, you, I've heard a parent saying to me, you know, um, uh, that the other person uh, lets them run amok. No bit of law or order at all. They're all over the place. That Look, if that's the way things are in the other house, well, provided it's all quite safe 
and all of that. It mightn't be as ordered and as precise in one's house, but, you know, so what? No one is going to um, be hurt anyway. That, um, so allow for the different house rules. Um, now, in the don't bit then, would be like, don't argue in front of the children. I mean, that that just causes deep upset. So just don't do that. If you're going to have words about something or other, um, go to another room and in a in a, in an ordinary tone of voice um, to just say, look, I, I don't quite agree with, with this or that. Yeah. And, and, and that's grand. It can be very upsetting so, for like, a child to see their parents uh-huh. shouting and, and roaring. It can be quite upsetting. You, you could ruin, or possibly would ruin the child's Christmas day if it was to happen on that day. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I remember talking to a young man. He was about 13 or 14 um, years and years ago. And um, uh, it was following a breakup. And I said to him, um, so are you very upset that mum and dad have parted? And he said, I'm not really, Joe. He said, it was a war zone. Can you imagine? Yeah. And people so, do remember those from their childhood that remember the days of when their, their parents were fighting. So it's the last thing to keep at it in front of them, at least do it somewhere else. And especially at this time of the year, you don't want to disappoint them either, Joe. And that leads into that. It does, of course. It does, of course. And if a promise is made to keep it, I mean, children are very, very clear and fair in their thinking. And they don't really understand at all. And, and, and they're quite right not to, that um, if a promise is made, keep the promise. And, and if you feel that you can't keep a certain promise, well, then don't make it. Um, it's it's horrible for for anyone really, but I mean it's it's devastating for children that a promise is made and then it doesn't happen. That's not good at all, indeed. Uh, so, like for example, be on time as best uh, one can, and one of the big 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 things would be like don't either um, badmouth the other parent. That would be like essential to, to to not do that and the other one would be not to quiz the children about do you know um, uh, who called to see dad or who yeah. called to see mammy um, uh, in the last week or or whatever like that like that it doesn't become a kind of an interrogation about what the other person is doing because that is um you know, it's it's stressful for the child. The 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 last thing that a child needs, like, is to feel that they have to kind of, as it were, take sides. You don't want that. That dad will always be dad and will always love the children. That ma'am will always be ma'am and will always love the children. And that that's what they really need to have highlighted. That's what they need to know. Um. Uh, you know, r- rather than the um, uh, the the quiz kind yeah. of thing about putting them under pressure, the huh? and putting them under pressure as well, and trying to criticise exactly. maybe the other parents. Couldn't yeah. put it better. Yeah. Putting them under pressure. Yeah. And then yeah. I suppose from putting them under pressure, you don't want to give them too much power either, because the child then could play off each other, uh, could play off each parent. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Children are very clever and. Uh, 
they they have learned the art of playing one against the other, um, which is natural and normal, but not to allow it to, um, you know, to influence the entire situation, because they will. Um, you know, uh, if if they think they can do a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, playing one against the other, they will. Not in a bad way, now, but you know. Um, yeah, we'd all like that particular toy, or we might like that particular behaviour or event. And, um, you know, um, oh, I mean, Mam is doing this, um, right. So it's kind of up to, it's kind of up to Dad to kind of at least equal, if not best, Dad. So <laughs> yeah, d- don't fall for that one, you know. Yeah, and, and that could happen very easily, all right. Joe, as always, a good advice for people who do find themselves... In what can be a very stressful situation regarding separation this Christmas and we'll join you again next week. We usually look at uh, heading into Christmas, I suppose, for those who are bereaved, don't we, uh, before Christmas. So we'll we'll discuss that next week for the moment. Uh, Thanks for joining us this afternoon, Joe. Welcome. Just to say for two seconds, yep. I've got we got fifteen or maybe more phone calls this morning. Oh, the scam calls. Scams. Oh, they're going around, yeah, and they do. They do uh, go around. I, we feel here more Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. They seem to hit in various areas. So yeah, beware. Yeah. Just hang up on them anyhow. That's that, that's the best thing to but do. Do we keep hanging up, and they keep bringing back? Oh, they will, and they will because it's a computer. Yeah. It's a computer yeah. generated thing, so that they'll keep going. Yeah, but it, it yeah. is unfortunate. It's very annoying, isn't it? Oh, dreadful because you don't know when you yeah. you you're getting a genuine call uh, because uh, you feel I must answer it because yeah. it could be. A, B or C. True, yeah. true. Yeah, good point. Mm. Joe, we'll mm. chat to you next week. Uh, take yeah. care. Joe Heffernan there is an accredited counsellor in Boherbui. You can contact him on 086-834-8145. That's it from us today. Well done to Maureen Beamish and Clonakilty, Caitlin Begley in Riverstown and Nora Hogan in Dripsy winning those Get Up and Go Diaries. My thanks to Bernie who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your Tuesday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.